0: Well, I was in slobber sleep, you know, to kind of sleep when you're in sleep so deep that your mouth leaks a little bit. I was... I was out. I was just in the middle of just such a deep sleep. And I'm pretty sure I must have been dreaming something. I'm not sure what it was. What I do know is that the ringing phone caused me to awaken, if that's what you want to call it at that second, pretty dazed and pretty confused. And I managed one of those uh, questions. Hello? it You see, it was a a little after 2 a.m., and so it kind of was taking me aback that my phone had rung. The person on the other end was crying pretty hard, and through her tears, she told me that she had brought her husband to the hospital ER because he wasn't feeling well, had some pain, and that they had just come in and that doctors had come into that ER room and informed him that he had a significant mass on his pancreas, and they strongly suspected it was cancer. And when that news came through, those sobs on the phone, I was stunned. And I was trying to emerge from my stupor, and I think uh, the first thing I said is, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And then it began to dawn on me as I was waking up that I need to get over there. And I need to go pray with them. And I actually asked Jamie if she would like me to come. And I don't think she said, duh. But the way she answered it was, yes. And, and of course, I understood that. I, my wife and I dressed quickly and we went to be with Joe and Jamie. And I remember that drive over very distinctly. So I'm headed toward that hospital. I remember feeling very, very small. Very, very inadequate. In my entire ministry career, whenever I have known of someone who has had pancreatic cancer, um, they, it was rare for them to survive a few weeks. And I had never met anybody who would have gone past a month or two. And so, again, I felt inadequate. Frankly, I felt that way because I was inadequate at that moment what could I do what words would help so as I drove to the hospital I started doing the only thing I knew how to do I prayed and here we are today and Joe is still here and I want to tell you that there is one explanation as to why he is with us today And I'll ask them to project it on the screen for you. I want you to look at Psalm 77, beginning with verse 13 with me. And these two beautiful verses are found there. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. And you display your power among the peoples. That's why Joe is still here with us today. Church, I alluded to this with you last week. actually preached a sermon on this. But I have to tell you, we need to have more faith in God. Nothing is too hard. And nothing is impossible for him. Amen. The word of God is full of promises, of verses, promising the people of God miraculous answers to prayer. And I need you to know that I believe them. I believe them because of who said them. And I believe them because he never fails to keep his word. So as you read the verses scrolling in front of you, please make sure you're paying attention to what they're saying. For Joe and Jamie, I can tell you that I began a journey in prayer, and I earnestly asked God for a miracle. I can tell you that as I drove to that hospital... I said to my wife, I don't want to preach this funeral. I don't want to do this service. And I began to plead with God. The word would be plead. And I will tell you that God didn't just grant a miracle. He granted several miracles. And there is a witness and a testimony from what is happening in Joe and Jamie's life. Gospel Chapel family, if any group should now be emboldened to pray and to believe, it should be us. If anyone should have their faith built up now, it should be us. If any group or congregation should be inspired to actively pray harder and trust more, it should be us. Just in case you are still a little bit not clear about what I'm telling you here, I have asked Joe and Jamie to tell you for themselves what happened in their lives. And here's my spoiler alert to you. God performed amazing things in answer to prayers that were lifted up in this case. And in this case, all the pleas that I were lifting was lifting up to God. And I will tell you that we're, there were several days when I stood, and I don't know why I chose this spot, but there's an X in this floor. And I would stand in this congregation and plead to God for answers and for miracles. And all of my pleas have now turned into praise and thanksgiving to God for his goodness. So I'm going to ask for Joe and Jamie to come and to share what God has laid on their heart as they tell their story to you as to what God did for them.
1: Bow your heads. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you and we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come, come strong. Bring the faith, bring the healing to those who need healing, Lord Jesus. You know, Jamie and I aren't speakers or pastors, but. You once told me I'm not nothing, that I'm a child of the King. So we we boldly come before you today. And we share not about Joe and Jamie, but about you and the miracles that you've created. Again, I would pray that the minds would be open, the ears would be open. To hear not us, but to hear your words. And to hear the blessing that you want to pour out upon the people that are here. Again, we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Four years ago, while at work, Joe stepped off a high curb and tore his right knee. Our entire future was changed by that incident. We hired an attorney, and after multiple surgeries and months of physical therapy, Joe's job paid for a full knee replacement. Apparently, this is unheard of by any worker's comp insurance carrier. The scheduling nurse said she's been doing this for 20 years and never has never seen that done. Eight months later, I found Joe on the kitchen floor. The knee replacement broke, and a piece of it was sticking out under his skin. And so back to the surgical table, and for more physical therapy, he went. We continued to live on a reduced weekly payment and tried desperately to keep our finances together while Joe healed. This was to be one of the many trials that God would see us through. While waiting to be fully cleared to return to work, our lives were to be once again flipped upside down. Sorry. On September 17th, 2015... Joe was complaining about rib pain and unable to take a deep breath. After pushing him to get it checked, he finally relented and we went to the ER. Tests were run, scans were taken, and at 2 a.m., we were moved into a private room. We knew something was seriously wrong at this point. A doctor showed up, stood by Joe's bed, and bluntly told him, you have stage 4 pancreatic cancer. My staff will be here to answer any questions you may have. With that, he walked out of the room, and to this day, we still don't know who he was. Let's talk about what you would do if this situation was presented to you. Would you scream? Would you cry? Would you break something? Who would you call? Who would you count on in this crisis? I will confess, God was not my first go-to person. Anger, then heartbreak, took over. Joe insisted I called someone so I wouldn't be alone. So I called our wonderful pastor. I woke him from a dead sleep, as he shared with you, and of course he had a very difficult time understanding me through the sobs. He was by our side in 20 minutes, and he brought his sweet wife Darlene along with him. Joe was admitted, and I was driven home by Pastor Ken and Darlene to gather some things. I literally moved into Joe's hospital room, where we both stayed, for two weeks while testing was done. During this time, Joe's room was filled daily by friends and family. On Sundays, it was standing room only. We both felt such great peace. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Scans, biopsies, blood work, surgical consults, etc. were done during this, during this two-week time frame. And this is when I met Dr. Patson. I now affectionately call him Fancy Pants, my cousin. He's a very snappy dresser. He was one of the oncologists on call who patiently took the time, 45 minutes actually, to go over in detail with me Joe's CT scans. You see, Joe was in a lot of pain. He had a tumor that was 11 centimeters in size that was attached to his pancreas and squashing his spleen. And actually pushing up under his rib, and that's why he had, he couldn't breathe, he could not expand his lung. So yes, Joe was sedated quite, quite a bit. I was asking God to help me decide where we would go to receive cancer treatments. You see, after workers' comp reduced Joe's payments for his work injury, we could no longer afford medical insurance, and we had to be picked up by Medicaid. This limited us to where Joe could go for treatment. I was impressed by Dr. Patson's patience and knowledge. I still wasn't convinced we should receive treatment at this hospital. It wasn't until three days later that I was standing in line to get a coffee when I noticed Dr. Patson walking on the level above. He recognized me and waved to me, and he had a look on his face that just said to me, I'm so sorry. And for some reason, that's when God gave me the peace to stay at Lehigh Valley Hospital for Joe's treatments. Joe's final diagnosis was given to us on October 2nd. On this exact day, the insurance company for workers' comp decided to stop paying Joe his weekly wages. Now we were without an income. We had already fallen behind on our mortgage payments. Joe's weekly payments went from $5,000 a month to $1,200 a month. To zero. We applied for every program out there to help with our mortgage. We didn't have a government backed loan, so we didn't qualify for any any program out there to help us. And so the foreclosure process began. On December 12th, a sheriff knocked on our door and handed us judgment papers. Merry Christmas. This was just another heart-wrenching trial for us. For the next few months, we lived on charity. And boy, did it pour in. It came in food, gift cards, money, and of course, prayers. We have never felt so loved. So thank you to all who supported us. As we were leaving the hospital to go home, we are troubled over not having an income, Joe and I both knew God was ultimately in control and no matter what, God would find a way. Joe began chemotherapy treatments. What was chosen for him was the harshest of the available treatments for this disease. The doctors felt because of Joe's young age and being relatively healthy. Somebody tell me how someone with cancer can be considered healthy. That this was going to be his best chance for survival. At the appointment, we shared our faith in God and found our doctor, Dr. Khalil, to also be a faith believer. Add one to the positive column. Joe was scheduled for, to receive four more rounds of treatment, and a let's-see-how-he-does attitude was shared with us. At Joe's first treatment, we were given a small book by the Charles Cap Ministry called God's Creative Power for Healing. That is the original book that we were given. We have since handed out over 50 of these books. Um, this book is stained, it is tattered. it is ear-lorned. it is It was instrumental in my faith walk. It explains how reciting God's word out loud and back to him is a biblical principle. Isaiah 55:11 reads, So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Now let me share with you a few other things. Joe was first diagnosed with a pancreatic tumor marker. A lot of people ask me what this is. This basically is a measurement of how much cancer is in Joe's blood. His markers, when first diagnosed, were 37,000. Normal is 35. Two digits, three, five. After four rounds of this horrible treatment, Joe was a trooper with minimal vomiting and appetite loss, which is generally all around unheard of. Even our second opinion from a Penn Medicine doctor was amazed at how well Joe looked and was keeping on weight. Again, more treatments were added, and Joe continued to amaze the doctors. After 12 treatments, Joe was only the second patient our doctor saw to survive. Praise God for his unfailing love, mercy, and his word. Joe was rushed to the ER early on in his treatments with such terrible back pain that he, he actually took his belt off and strapped himself to our bedpost because he couldn't sit down and he couldn't lie down. He was just so weak. While he was getting tests in the ER, my mind feared the worst. I feared that he had developed bone cancer. I reached out to my friend Irene by phone and we both prayed. And while doing this, I was given the scripture, Psalm 91. I read this scripture out loud while waiting. Verses 1 through 7 are Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys in midday. A thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand, but I will not come near you, but it will not come near you.
1: Our personal experiences with God really became real at this time. Most nights, I would have amazing encounters with God and the Holy Spirit. And I would wake the next morning and tell Jamie. It became so regular that she actually became jealous. Well, I didn't know. I wasn't thinking of her when I had these visits. My first response is to wake her up. So I want to share with you the many dreams and visions that I experienced the first time I saw a light next to my face, and as I turned to look at it, it was very bright, and it left like a streak and went right through the wall.
2: Numerous times
1: I saw movement in the bedroom, and I wish I had to peek before it disappeared. I felt the Holy Spirit, and what I asked him, what can I do for you? He just stated here. He stated here, I'm here just to love on you. And I felt an actual physical hug. Again, I asked, what shall I do? And he just said, be you. One time I asked God to come and sit in a chair next to my bedside. And I said, sorry, it's probably not as comfortable as your throne. And with that, I heard an audible chuckle. And he said, my throne is alive. I immediately sat up and Googled this. And in Revelation 4, verse 5 of the King James Version, it says, And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. And even though I had read through Revelation before, I do not remember this verse. Another time I felt a very heavy presence. I told this Holy Spirit he was welcome and I felt a warm sensation flow over my body. I asked the Holy Spirit to touch me, and I felt a touch on my chest. I said, no, you can touch me lower where my tumor is. I felt the warmth slide down to my pancreas, like God didn't know. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 14 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then will you call on me and come and pray, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. Each night I would receive these visits, in the morning I would tell Jamie... And she asked for something. Because she also was going through this. The Holy Spirit said, I follow her all over the house. Again, I heard an audible chuckle. He gave me Psalm 35 for her, which is what she needed at the time, because God is good. God once spoke to me saying, in a couple of weeks, everything is going to turn around. Not soon after I was granted Social Security payments after we lost my workman's comp income. Another time, Jamie was getting ready to read the Bible, and the Holy Spirit told me he was going to sit in the bottom of the bed. Jamie jokingly pulled up her feet to make room. That's when the familiar warmth flow from the bottom of the the bed up to Jamie and then across to me. Only until she finished reading scripture did the warmth receive just as it came? I once asked God if I could see my angels, and He said, You can't handle it. And I believe that because it's hard just to even handle the spirit that comes over. I was praying for healing, and God stated, I am healing you from the inside out slow. Another time, I was awake with my eyes closed praying. When my eyes filled with a very bright yellow light, sort of like when you look at the sun and you have those spots, that faded away slowly to a dark image of the silhouette of Jesus' shoulders and face. Then that faded into some black and white pictures, which I didn't know what were at first. They were oblong. I began to see the dots that were on the oblong picture start to disappear A few days later, we went to see the doctor, and he pulled up scans, same exact pictures that I saw. The pictures with the dots, the pictures with no dots. The dots were tumors on my liver that had disappeared. He kind of looked at us funny because he thought us to be real excited about this, but we already knew. Even little things he cares about. I was sleeping holding our little dog, Katie, when her breathing got fast along with her heart rate. So I began to pray for her. That's when I heard someone walking on Jamie's side of the bed. Maybe that's what scared Katie. I even reached for my pistol. But then all of a sudden, Katie's breathing and her heart rate slowed down. I slowly opened my eyes and looked immediately, and I heard a whoosh, an audible whoosh. And I saw a silhouette of the spirit leaving the bedroom again.
2: While Joe was receiving treatment every two weeks, we were dragged into foreclosure court to be badgered by a judge and a nasty mortgage company lawyer. He also has a name. and it's not Fancy Pants. (laughs) Frank. That was his name, Frank. Okay. We were placed with a mortgage facilitator to work on helping us keep our home. We endured four more court visits and five visits with the facilitator. On the final visit, Joe was sitting quietly next to me as we signed what felt like our lives away. I always felt... If this was God's plan for us to lose the house, maybe he was protecting us from something in the future. I had to let go and let God. On the way out, Joe told me God spoke to him at the meeting. Of course, right? Not me, spoke to Joe. God kept repeating to Joe, I am God and I will take care of you. I am God and I will take care of you. He said it started out very loud, almost as if God was right next to him. It then faded into a whisper. I was so struck by this, I broke down in tears in the hallway. A few months later, we received our new mortgage payments. First miracle, we were approved for an in-house modification. Someone took interest in our story and granted us a do-over. By removing $21,000 of legal costs, late fees, back interest, and missed mortgage payments. We thought this to be the miracle alone. However, the new payment was still a ridiculous amount of $1,200 a month. How could we ever pay this? By this time, Joe was receiving Social Security disability benefits of $1,900 a month. No way we could pay this mortgage. We had five days to accept the offer. A few weeks prior to this, our new workers' comp attorney – we fired the old one – set up a new court hearing to try and get monthly payments again for Joe's work injury. I decided to call the attorney that Monday to see what the result of the hearing was. Now remember, this is Monday, and we had to mail our signed acceptance for this new mortgage by Wednesday. The attorney told me Joe had been granted – wait for it $1200 a month the exact amount needed to pay the new mortgage i don't think we ever jumped in our car so fast in all our lives we sped to the credit union to get our papers notarized picked up a cashier's check and we placed the accepted mortgage documents in the mail the next day well now we're keeping our home praise be to god And what better way to celebrate but to fill it with a new puppy? Joe had been researching and making me watch YouTube videos for Golden Doodles for almost two years. I know how badly he wanted a new dog. Scripture does read in Psalm 37.4, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Well, God heard Joe's request. After struggling to even find a puppy for sale... Joe called about a dark apricot boy that was five weeks old out in Ohio. We heard back from the wonderful breeder, who happened to be a Christian, that the puppy was still available, but we needed the full deposit before she would hold him for us. Again, how the heck are we going to be able to do that? After finding out our story, she held the puppy without a deposit a simple two-page contract, and it was official. We drove out to pick up our newest pup, and we named him Sam. He is not that small anymore, people. The word Muppet comes to mind, right? Now, this is just a few of the many, many miracles God has touched our lives with. Many small things God does. We sometimes just pass on as things just happening. Not anymore. God has everything, even the little things in control. God has told me the Holy Spirit has healed Joe. And I received Joe's healing a few weeks ago right in this very church. Three Sundays ago... I looked at my husband at that keyboard and I saw a healthy man with no tumors. And wouldn't you know it, when we went that Tuesday to see Dr. Khalil, there were no more tumors on Joe's CT scan. We are both so thankful for all God has and continues to provide for us. As of today, Joe has had his chemotherapy stopped. He has surpassed the one-year survival rate for this disease by seven months. And his tumor markers continue to drop into the normal range.
1: The Holy Spirit has impressed upon me to state the following. I kind of argued with him a little bit, but he wins. He's God. By not believing in the power of healing for today, aren't we then denying what Christ did on the cross? Was it only for biblical times? Does it grieve him to know that on the cross, he not only gave his life that we might live, But then he spilled his blood and bore the stripes, so that by his stripes we're healed. In Isaiah 53.5, it clearly states, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. I know many of us believe that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But do we all believe this? If not, I pray you come to know God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit in a more intimate way. I can't be left behind No one else will do I will take hold you Cause I need you Jesus To come to my rescue Shine I need your hand
0: In mine no one else will do
1: I put my trust in you Cause I need you Jesus
0: To come to my rescue There's no other name by which I am saving. Capture me with grace, I will follow. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing. There's nothing for me
1: Cause I need you, Jesus To come to my rescue
2: 16 years of marriage and continue to honor god through all of this for better for worse for richer for poorer in sickness and in health to love and to cherish till death do us part we look forward to the future and for what god has in store for us thank you again for all your prayers And we praise and give God all the glory for this miraculous healing. Thank you.
0: I want to share with you something I said a a little earlier. I've been in ministry for a little more than 35 years. That's the length of my career anyway. And in all of my career, whenever I have ever encountered somebody with pancreatic cancer, they passed away in a matter of weeks. I hope that this has emboldened you. And I hope that this has helped you to understand. This story is not about Jamie and Joe. It is, but it's not. It's about a God for whom nothing is too hard. Amen. And nothing is impossible.